Hi, good morning, everyone. This is your 30-minute short takes and updates. I am Joy in Hiroshima. Good morning, everyone. I'm Tova in, well, Yokohama, just outside Tokyo. And we are both sustainability-focused consultants, and we are collaborating on some exciting projects. Let's just mention that in March uh, 21st on the national holiday, Save the Date and join us online or in person in Tokyo or in Hiroshima. Very yep, excited very about finding great speakers and everything. So please make sure you save the date for that. Now we're going to talk about some news uh, that's been on our radar, as well as some holiday shopping tips. So Tova, you want to start us off with this great news article? Yeah, well, this is something that popped up in my LinkedIn feed um, earlier this week. Um, and it really caught my eye because um, anyone who is in Japan will have known, you know, noticed over the years that old buildings generally get pulled down, right? And then they, they build new from scratch. That's sort of the accepted practice. Um, it's, it's sort of often seen as more desirable to have it your own house that, you know, it's new, you've built it, you've kind of chosen the bits and stuff. Um, but obviously it's not very sustainable and the, the um, environmental impact, not to mention the costs of pulling down a, a building and completely rebuilding and, the, you know, the waste that's created through that. It, it's pretty shocking when you start to look at the numbers. So I was really quite um, surprised, but in a very pleasant way to see that article that this um, apartment building is 50 years old. Ordinarily, now it'd be due to, to come down and something new would pop up in its place, but they're going to completely reform it. Um, and they they mentioned in the article that the difference in carbon footprint of that, um, and I can't remember, I mean, I've got the exact numbers there somewhere, but um, it's, it's huge, right? So um, I've just got the numbers here. So rebuilding it from scratch, okay, would produce the equivalent of 2,375 tons of CO2, quite a lot. Refurbishing it, however, we're looking at about 654 tons. So that is massively, massively different. Um, and not to mention, you know, that the costs are lower, the time to do it is, you know, a lot quicker so they can turn it around. So it's more sustainable, more viable in terms of business as well. But it just, for me, that signals perhaps a bit of a, a change in mindset that's happening, um, which was really Definitely. refreshing. And I talked to Akia and Inaka, Matt Ketchum, um, yeah. the other day, and the whole remodel old houses in Japan market is huge as well mm -hmm. uh, for people having holiday homes or weekend homes or transitioning to a rural life in Japan. Yeah. So that's really exciting. But this is one of the first articles I've seen as well about an apartment block. Right. remodeled instead of torn down. So mm -hmm. there's so many uh, great knock-on effects of sustainability mm -hmm. in terms of not only the environmental effects, but I think retaining a yeah. sense of community as well Absolutely. for the original building and yeah. heritage. And mm -hmm. I, I love things from the past. Most people do, you know, as long yeah. as it's done in a stylish way. <laughs> exactly. So perhaps this will help people think a little more long term when they're building or designing their own places, right? Because if you're building it and you're thinking it's only got a 40 or 50 year lifespan, then there's not really a lot of incentive to, to make it, you know, to build it really well, is there? Or to, you know, to go 
extra expense, extra time and, and effort of putting in sort of more eco features, like sort of much better insulation and stuff like this. You know, if it's going to come down as well, you know, is it really worth it? Um, that sort of mindset, I think, is beginning to shift. If you're thinking long term, it's like, well, actually, we want this to last and be good and, and to still look good in 50 years or more. Um, so hopefully that's going to begin to change how people look at and appreciate these buildings as well. Definitely. And hopefully if this kind of thing takes off, not only are people looking at remodeling, refurbishing, making it last longer, but also building to last longer, right? Building yeah. of a higher quality. Yes. That'll be great. Great to see. Exactly. So All right. I'm going to give some holiday shopping tips, if that's okay. So um, my first one, which I've put on my website, I really like this company. It's N-E-W-S-E-D. So it's like new and used put together. News. Okay. And uh, they've got some really, there's a Japanese company. They've got some really great products here um, that you can, you know, shop for. Everybody's kind of looking for Christmas now. Mm. Uh, we've got to shop in advance because there's some supply chain issues, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my first tip. Another tip, which I think you probably know, Tova, uh, mm -hmm. she is a female entrepreneur in Tokyo but she ships all over the world as well as within Japan. She uses vintage kimono uh, to make accessories like uh, earrings, necklaces, keychains, and it's all really beautifully done. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, I love her packaging as well, Biku Designs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And yeah, the third really one I'd lovely. like to give a little shout out to, I know a lot of people are looking for special pictures for family, couple, or even yourself at this time of year. And Stasia Matsumoto, she does in kimono. Okay. And she is a kimono stylist as mm -hmm. well as a great photographer. And oh, she'll wow. take people around uh, this cute retro area in Tokyo and uh, take beautiful photos. She is very into like inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. So I know she's worked with some women who needed plus size kimono, who yeah. it's difficult to rent. Mm -hmm. um, people with tattoos, you know, different looks. So very inclusive and diversive. Mm -hmm. uh, it was wonderful to talk to her on the series as well. Fantastic. No, that sounds great. And here in Tokyo, of course, we're lucky we've got um, Tia Haygood from Top Tier photography yeah. as well who is you know brilliant and for anyone like me who's not particularly comfortable in front of the camera particularly you know when you're trying to look professional and approachable but uh you know not too stiff she, she's fantastic at, at um you know helping you feel comfortable she's also um wonderful family shots and things like that because you know anyone who's got kids knows that photographing with kids is not easy um no, she's so, very talented i i had some cute. photos uh with toptia.com i believe is her website yeah. mm -hmm. and uh she she knows how to get the right expression and give you advice about yes. how to lean forward or something so you you just look better in the photos yeah. she she yeah. has a lot of great know-how there yeah, that makes a, a huge difference for sure uh, the next recommendation is a really interesting one. Now, you might have seen in Europe, uh, Freetag. Have you heard the company Freetag? Freetag. So they, they were taking uh, the plastic covers from the trucks that was being thrown away, oh, and they were upcycling and making great looking bags. Now, this is a Japanese company 
um, that's doing the same thing with Japanese plastic signs, like temporary signs that go on the freeway. Mm -hmm. And so if you search Rakuten, unfortunately, they're not selling it directly anymore. I think it was maybe too, too difficult, that okay. online shop system. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look at Rakuten and search Hataraku Tote or Rutote, I'll put the link below. Um, yeah. But they're all original because they're all from different parts of the banners mm -hmm. and uh, reused into these cool like work bags or tote bags or backpacks. So I really mm -hmm. like I really like that. that oh, shop. that's great. That really reminds me of a, there's a company in the UK called um, Elvis and Cressa or Cressa. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, <clears throat> but they um, have a similar idea. So they um started off collecting old fire hoses from the fire brigade so that it you know it's, they've got these hoses made of really tough um rubber but as soon as it's had a certain sort of amount of use or whatever they can't use it for safety reasons and so it was wasted all this material so they started collecting those um a few years back and making um incredible bags out of them handbags and things like this and then they started working with uh burberry getting all the offcuts of leather so that when Burberry make their beautiful bags and things, there are all these bits that just get wasted ordinarily. So Elvis and Cressa collect those and weave them into designs and stuff. So it's all sort of minimal or zero waste as much as possible. The whole process, they're registered B Corp. Um, and 50% uh, of their profits, I think, go to the, the fire uh, brigade charities and things so it's just a wonderful business model but it's sort of sustainable luxury they're, they're quite sort of high-end they're all handmade and they're absolutely beautiful they're men's bags women's bags purses you know wallets and stuff like that um, and I think that's such an incredible approach to business right to look at what was waste for for one industry or company and to take it and to make something beautiful and wonderful like um, Victoria with her, her Biku designs as well yeah, absolutely. And uh, very connected to the next recommendation, Mikan Becks. Now, this is a French designer. She's based in Kyushu now, but she was in Kyoto for a long time. And she upcycles beautiful kimono material. Uh, and it's called Mikan Becks. So I'll, I think I put all the links below, but I'll make sure they are. Um, and I did a collaboration with her last year and we did a beautiful kimono material wristband with a mask inside. Fantastic. So a masklet. Um, I'm not sure if she's still doing that now, but she has such very high quality, very beautiful handcrafted um, bags, backpacks, purses, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And she also does like online uh, sewing classes. So if oh, you're wow. interested in in trying, like a lot of us, we go around these great flea markets around Japan and you can get this beautiful kimono material quite cheaply, right. but you don't really know what to do with it. So yeah. I, I think um, maybe Victoria from Biku Design, she also does this sometimes. They do like an online workshop so you okay. can learn how to make something <clears throat> nice from your material. I love that. That would be really, really good actually. Yeah, upcycling I don't, it. I don't sew myself. Do you sew? <laughs> I can manage buttons or <laughs> repairing the odd bit. That's about my level. But uh, but it's something I've always thought, you know, my grandmother would always just make herself something. You know, she'd make a, a, a dress or a suit or a skirt. And and I think, wow, I'd, I'd love to be able to have that skill. It's so practical. It, it's wonderfully sustainable if you're able to change things and, and, you know, recycle them and upcycle them. So 
it, it's something if I have time ever, <laughs> I would love to be able to to do. But uh, I, yeah. I love that my my son in high school in Japan uh, had a sewing class. And so he, he learned how to use the sewing machine. And I got really excited. And I bought him a sewing machine that year. And I'm like putting in all these orders of things that I yeah. want him to do for me. <laughs> And he's lost interest, unfortunately. Oh. My hopes are on my daughter, who's going into high school now. <laughs> right. Okay. She's next. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, the next uh, one I wanted to give a shout out is Peckle Peckle Box. And they do these beautiful uh, gift boxes with a variety of different items from local, like small artisans and local shops in Japan. And very similar, um, but centered on food is Kokoro care packages and run by two women. One's in Tokyo, one's in LA, California. And they send these great like local um, food stuffs, which are made by very small mm -hmm. uh, makers around Japan and they'll send it around the world. So mm -hmm. I know people are, are looking for Japan things, but shipping it abroad is often really hard right now. Right. So uh, Peko Peko Bucks, they've got it. They've got all the shipping under control and they know how to do it so well. Brilliant. Um, they've got <laughs> a nice variety of stuff. Some stuff is sold out already. So oh, wow. I would recommend, yeah, having a look. And Kokoro mm -hmm. Care Package, because they're in America and Japan, I know they can do shipping maybe a bit faster in the mm. States or Japan mm -hmm. as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, did you want to talk about REI? I think we have time. Yeah, that would be great. So, um, well, maybe to backtrack a little from from that. So, something uh, one of my friends, who uh, old friend from university, but he now lives in Cambodia, Gordon, um, posted a, a meme on his Facebook uh, earlier this week, and it was a meme from um, a Terry Pratchett novel talking about um, the Sam Vines boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness and how it describes how basically, you know, you could have a rich or in the book, there's a rich man and a poor man and the rich man can afford to buy really good quality boots, right? Really nicely made high quality materials that will last for years and years and years. So he can buy that because he has the money and then he doesn't have to in, spend any more on his boots for, for you know, say, 10 years or more. Um, whereas the poor person in the book has to buy the cheap boots, right, which he knows are not going to last. He knows they're going to fall apart and be leaking and his feet are going to hurt and that's going to affect his health and everything. But he can't afford the big expensive boots, the outlay. So he has to buy the cheap boots. And then he knows that next year he's going to have to replace them. So he's going to have to spend more money. So over time, he actually spends more than the rich guy because he doesn't have the initial capital to, to start off. He just needs that helping hand at the beginning. And then that would actually put him in a much better place and help him be a more active and, you know, contributing uh, more to the economy and society going forward. And I thought that was a really kind of interesting um way of explaining how microfinance works actually and where you know giving a small loan um up front just enough to give people what they need to get started is often all they need it's not like you know they're going to need handouts forever more but if they can get that one thing at the beginning to set them up 
then they're up and rolling and it becomes self-sustaining, right? Um, and that's very much the, the concept that REI has with, um, so REI is Refugee Empowerment International. Um, and I'm a, a member of the, the management committee there. And this um, project, for example, in Nairobi in Kenya helps entrepreneurs by training them, giving them skills that they can use to set up their own businesses, but also just the funding to get started. And this guy, Bizimana, um, was a wonderful case study. So, you know, he had nothing, he started with nothing, but then he learned cooking skills, he learned business skills through the, the project, um, and then started his own business. And it's become really successful. And he's employed other refugees, he's employed um, locals as well in his business and really grown it. Um, and I think it's just such a beautiful example of how, you know, just recognizing that people just sometimes just need a little boost, if you like, at the beginning, and then they can do it themselves. They're not going to expect, um, you know, to be reliant on others for forever. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, it really Isn't made that me a beautiful uh, example of the microfinance, uh, mm. like success. Yeah. You've, there were so many great examples around the world, right, of the, the microfinance model. Yeah. And how if yeah. you give people very small loans to start their own businesses mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, they actually are building up other people in their communities and supporting yeah. other people as well and spending it locally. It's mm -hmm. very different from... Yes giving huge loans to big international companies and you don't know if it's going to really help the local area or not like this yeah. is very specific and very Absolutely. like huge change right yeah yeah so i think i mean i know a lot of people coming towards the you know the end of the year the gift giving season you know begin to think about you know what could they do to to help others and things and i think this is one way where you know that what you're giving would actually have a really long lasting and and massively impactful um you know result uh, so I, I you know personally i think that that's a great way to to give out and um to know it's going to to really come back yeah no that's awesome and mm -hmm. uh, you know there's there's a lot of things that you can do by spending your money with meaning right during yes. this holiday time and uh, giving people access to to micro loans is another yes. way you can support with meaning um mm -hmm. i've seen so many people talking online about i don't really want to buy stuff this year mm, right like i don't mm -hmm. i don't feel this year like i want to do black friday and and get all more stuff that people don't yeah. really need and maybe they don't really want it but there's mm -hmm. a lot of people around the world who really need support uh, just yeah. a little bit of support mm -hmm. and it would make a big difference so Absolutely. maybe a bit more meaning than just buying you know yeah. a new sweater for someone who might not like exactly. it or might not need just it, sit you know? in the drawer and not get used <laughs> and exactly yeah no yeah it's tough isn't it i think particularly for for those of us with families and you know my, my daughter's 15 she's old enough to kind of understand the, that it's not all about receiving your presents and things like this whereas my son's six and you know and he's like oh Christmas it's so exciting and there's going to be presents and it's it's sort of hard you don't want to kind of disappoint them and you want them to to have a wonderful experience but like you say it's just it's not about stuff um so how to get that through and make sure they still have this great time and you know really meaningful experience but it's not you know, necessarily through buying them 
another random toy that will break in a few months anyway and they'd be absolutely and it's it's about the family experience right like i i've talked to a lot of families recently who say you know we're gonna do a special trip we're gonna Mm -hmm. go somewhere where the family always has a good time together we're gonna have a special meal together i Mm -hmm. think that that kind of stuff spending time in a in a real way where everybody puts their phones on the side now those are the those are the memories that you're gonna remember and if you do buy something try to buy something somebody needs or really wants and you're planning to use for a long time, like higher Mm -hmm. quality. Don't, don't just think about the price. Think about an investment like product that they're going to enjoy using for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So fewer things, but you know, better and, and, you know, more meaningful. Yeah. Isn't that the, the Harry Potter, uh, the cousin, Right. And he's like, but I had 26 last year. You know, That's like right. it's all it's all about quantity, not quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think most of us hopefully are looking more towards quality, not quantity. <laughs> yes, very much so. And I think that sort of connects into another topic um, that I think a lot about it, particularly at this kind of year, which is the food waste issue, right? So we know that food waste is a massive issue. Um, you know, in Japan, I remember seeing the figures earlier this year. I can't remember them offhand, but you know, the, the amount Isn't of it like food. 40% of food it's, produced it's waste, right? And most of it's that crazy. is is at our consumer end, right? We're buying stuff and then not using it before it goes off or goes out of date or whatever, or, you know, you'll use little bits of it and waste parts that we don't think to use, but could actually be used and stuff like this. There's so much of that that goes on, um, not through bad intentions, but perhaps lack of planning, of foresight. Um, and I know something that we'd started doing maybe about five years ago here in just in the family, um, because our schedules were so crazy. My husband and I both working full time, you know, with the, one kid at school, one kid at Hoikuen at, at daycare and trying to organize all of this. And you'd get home and go, ah, what are we going to cook for dinner? And, oh, there's this, but I don't have that thing that I need. And, and so you'd buy stuff, but then not end up using it. And it was just really chaotic and messy and stressful. Um, so we started as a family, we'd sit down on Sunday evening, or at least my husband and I look at our schedules for the week, say, okay, which night can you cook or which night can you not cook? <laughs> which night do I need to do? And we'd share it out across the week. And then we'd make our shopping list based on that. So we'd literally plan the menu for the week. So it sounds really kind of OCD, but it's actually really helpful. So we're like, okay, on this night, we're going to cook this. So we need these items and we'll get those items. And then you know you're going to use them. Um, and Although we did it more in uh, for reasons of kind of practicality and and sanity, if you like, for, for you know making sure we weren't too stressed out about the cooking stuff, we found it had a massive impact on the food that was wasted or the amount. I mean, it just disappeared, um, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, we're not sort of wasting or throwing out stuff. That's that's a really good side effect of this. That's great, um, and that's I think a really good strategy. Yeah, one one thing that that really helped me with food waste was starting composting 100%. Yes. So yeah, uh, digging it into my garden or I had like a electric compost machine for a while that it broken unfortunately now, but I bought it secondhand and had yeah. it repaired and used it as long as I could. 
Yeah. Um, but now I just dig it in, try to crunch it into my mm -hmm. garden as much as possible. Yeah. Do the layers of brown and green like I, I've been reading about. Um, but then you just feel so much better that it's going back to earth. It's going back yes. to use. It's making my garden healthier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that helps. Goes, but yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. There's no food waste in it. it. Yeah. The amount of rubbish you're putting out each week, it, that you know, goes right down as well. Right it down. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Kamikatsu, San Francisco, every place that does 100% composting, they yeah. always say it reduces your waste by 30% immediately. And yeah. we found that in our home too. Mm -hmm. So about 30%. It's amazing. Yeah. And, but I, I hear what you're saying about buying less planning. Um, also, I really appreciate my son as a teenager. He's the, the Hoover He's like the cleanup guy. So he'll just go through yeah. whatever's left in the fridge, whatever leftovers, and eat it all up. So Brilliant. once he's not around, I have to worry more. But luckily, cleaning up the leftovers is not a problem now. <laughs> Great. I've got a few more years to wait for mine. He's still at the, the tricky eating stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having someone who's willing to eat leftovers is always a good thing, right? Around yeah, the house. absolutely. And getting creative with leftovers, right? So I, I mean, we do a lot of leftovers soup, um, nice. which is my standard lunch through the week now when I'm working at home. So it's like, okay, whatever leftover random things from yesterday's meal or two days ago, or the, those vegetables or fruit that are looking a bit tired and you don't really want to eat fresh, like chuck it in a big bowl, whiz it all up, soup marvelous warm nutritious and and yeah soup is said it's such a great time of year to enjoy soup uh you can get those big kabocha in yes. the pumpkins yeah. in the supermarket and you can just take out the seeds and boil it as is just give it a good wash on the outside mm -hmm. i did that it was a brilliant soup so you can eat the rind you just boil it all yes. up yeah, completely. yeah. yeah. Add uh, some salt and pepper and some soy milk, and it was so delicious and warming. Yeah. I mm -hmm. ate that yeah. for like all week last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of food, yeah. A little shout out. I'm trying a pop up vegan shop this week. Uh, so if you're in the Hiroshima area, I am trying uh, this uh, kind karage. So this is the time of year when everybody is talking about KFC and fried chicken. So I thought I would try to counter that by having some kind karage. So soy, soy meat karage, uh, the kurumafu, the gluten mm -hmm. karage with salad and rice. And then I'm collaborating with a great guy named James who's making homemade falafel and hummus. Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. going to have some nice vegan food. If you're in the Hiroshima area, definitely stop by. Um, also on the 10th, uh, there are still tickets available uh, for the December 10th uh, networking and DIY and plant-based snacks and good speakers uh, that we have. We have a local organic farmer who's going to come and sell his produce, but also talk about uh, taking volunteers and teaching people mm -hmm. how to do organic farming. There's also a Hiroshima designer who's going to come mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about what he sees with his students at some of the remodeled old temples in mm -hmm. Hiroshima when they repair the wood. So that's really interesting. Yeah, interesting talks. We're going to do a DIY holiday craft <laughs> <laughs> networking. It should be fun.
Uh, and that's kind of something that's leading up to our collab event, right? I'm trying Absolutely. these out once a month so that we are ready to go with this online <laughs> and in-person event in March. So that's yes. the idea. Wonderful. So there are online tickets and in-person tickets for December 10th and uh, next Friday. So get in touch or follow the link. And I think we may have covered everything. Tova, I this is so. Yeah, we're getting quite efficient. So good. <laughs> Wonderful. Any other uh, shopping tips you have at the end? Um. Wow, what would be... So I can just blast through my mm. recommendations again. So Kokoro Care Package for great locally made Japanese products from small producers. Peko Peko Box has a great variety of local artisan crafts and a little bit of food. Such cute stuff. Mikan bags. She's making kimono upcycled bags that are just gorgeous. Hataraku Tote taking those road signs. <laughs> <laughs> and reusing them and they're waterproof like i i love using them really useful yeah. uh in kimono if you're looking for someone to dress you up in beautiful kimono in tokyo take your gorgeous shots and we also mentioned top tia right mm -hmm. yeah uh biku designs if you're looking for upcycled vintage kimono materials into accessories and UZ, they do a variety of different products. Um, definitely worth checking out, Japanese shop. Yeah. And I think that was it this time. We'll have more holiday yes. recommendations next time for sure. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Any final? We've got less than a minute now. Any final ways for people to get in touch with what you do? Give us a little um so find us uh find me on linkedin um on my website globalperspectives.biz um come and talk to us about how we can help your company become more sustainable and get mindsets and behaviors aligned with your sustainability goals wonderful and you've got the link below for global perspectives uh website i'm also revamping and adding more japanese subtitles to five minute versions of my Seeking Sustainability live talk. Yes. So I'm working with a translator on that. So that's gonna start going up on inboundambassador.com. So definitely reach out and uh, have a look at some of these five minute clips. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tova. Thanks Thank everyone you. for joining. Have a great day. Take care. See you next week. Bye. Bye.